morning on this hot July. It's almost midday. It's 11.35 here and I'm heading out to the river to do a little raft guiding. It's that time of year. Starting to get a gig or two lined up and I take a group of somebody down the river today. It's always fun and always eventful. Uh, man, I've had a great couple days. A friend of mine, Keith, uh, came down from a neighboring town. He doesn't get down often, but maybe two or three times a year. And he came and spent a couple days with us. And, and uh, he's a missionary uh, with 24-7 Prayer, which is a group kind of in the new monastic uh, movement. They've got a lot of people that I respect very highly, and they're very dear people. Stop theology with Keith. I'm sure he's pretty tired of it, uh, but but he can he can dish it out as well as take it. So we've had some wonderful conversations on on uh, the kingdom and on Jesus, and, uh, including last night we had a, a gathering at my house on Friday night or Wednesday night. So I've changed to Friday night. So uh, Johnny, who's been on one of my team casts. Uh, maybe two of them in the past. Uh, was here last night along with Koichi, uh, the guy that I had the privilege to baptize several years ago. And uh, Johnny is uh, discipling Koichi. And, um, anyway, so they were able to come last night. We had Moe, who's a, a person that's been seeking the Lord for some time now and hasn't quite been convinced of his value. And uh, then another friend, David Mills, didn't come to the, uh, uh, didn't actually come to uh, the gathering, but he, he had sent me a message earlier that day asking me some, some uh, questions uh, that I thought were really pertinent and uh, uh, very much um, something that we could discuss last night. So we passed those questions around the table and and basically the question is one that we run into a lot in Japan uh, and that is Japanese people who are very interested in the Christian life or Christian lifestyle or or perhaps even Jesus uh, who are asking you know what basically what the minimum is uh, what the minimum cost of admission is to to enter the kingdom <laughs> and Jesus of course got this answer uh, many times he, he told people to follow him and they said, well, yeah, I would, but I got to go bury my father or I've got to go do, do this or I've got to go, go do that. And of course, you've got the rich young ruler who, who says, you know, what must I do to be perfect? And of course, Jesus talks about the greatest commandment, which is to, to love God with all your heart, uh, as well as love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and the rich young ruler, of course, says, well, I've done all that since my youth. I've obeyed all the laws. And Jesus says, well, you lack one thing. Give everything you have to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Um, and, of course, the rich young ruler goes away sad because he was very wealthy. Very famous story. But people, uh, I, I would venture to guess that everybody actually asks this question at some point when contemplating uh, a life with Christ, right? Well, what do I have to give up? What's it going to cost me? Um, 
And so anyway, uh, David sends this message uh, last night uh, and asking two questions um, about um, about a person that he's been studying with. And he has these types of hang-ups. And one of them is he's the he's the 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 oldest son of his family. He's an older older guy, I think. But so the oldest son in Japan, if you don't know, has a lot of responsibilities for the family. Basically, he becomes the the head of the clan, if you will, and has a lot of religious responsibilities. For example, maintaining the family shrine, which is usually in his house, uh, as well as all of the various holy days and visits to the shrines and things like this. So his question was, can I, you know, can I still do these Buddhist things while embracing Jesus at the time, at the same time? And David's specific question was, does scripture allow it? Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to talk through, I, I haven't sent David a full answer yet, but I kind of want to to think through um, with you today uh, what my answer is on that. And then there was a second question, which was something to the tune. We're really not we're really not understanding the second question perfectly, but it had to do with um, being a bridge for his family between their past and a future with Christ, and. Um, is it possible that, that he could be that bridge even if he's not the perfect Christian? Uh, even if he can't give up everything, is it possible that he could be a transitional piece uh, for his family? Uh, and, and thereby kind of validating their past, even though their past may not have had Christ on it, in it, uh, can he see their past as culminating in Christ and therefore validating, validating the, the path, validating the path that his family has taken. Um, and these ancestral things and, and maintaining um, family honor and traditions um, are, of course, bigger in Asia than they are in America. I'm feeling they're, they're big in parts of Europe as well. Any older society um, would think about these things. Sorry, I'm going to be hydrating a little bit. I'm going to be out in the hot sun for several hours. I want to make sure I'm fully hydrated before I get to that point. So, uh, yeah, so we got these two questions and we tossed them around the table last night, which was good because we had uh, one Japanese guy who was a, a fairly new convert within the last four or five years. Uh, we had my wife who converted some 20 years ago, and we have a, a, a Japanese girl who's contemplating conversion. Of course, these kinds of questions um, come up, you know, not so much with my wife, and I'm not sure exactly why that is, but but it did it did come up with uh, these other two Japanese people. So, uh, and so I want to talk through the first question, uh, which comes up a lot in Japan and probably everywhere. Uh, where people um, are um, contemplating becoming the first Christian in their family, uh, which is a daunting task, actually. So the question is, again, uh, can I still do some of my 
duties as the elder son uh, and still basically and still please Christ or at least still be okay with scripture will scripture allow me to do that so I'm going to start at the end of the question and then hopefully go deeper first to me the trying to please scripture is uh, an exercise in futility because trying to please scripture ultimately boils down to trying to please someone's uh, someone's idea of what the scripture says and everybody has a different interpretation uh, different a different hermeneutic by which they uh, read scripture and so um, we're not going to be able to please everybody's interpretation of scripture obviously and so I suppose what David is asking is uh, <laughs> whatever David thinks at the scripture says uh, we would have to uh, you know we would have to know that what, what does David believe the scripture says on this subject of conversion sorry I've got a thing bobbling around the back of the car and I'm not probably not gonna have time to stop and get it to stop it's my it's my rafting helmet um, so thank you for bearing with me maybe I will try to pull up real quick and take care of that um, the road will get better here pretty soon so I may not have to really uh, anyway um, so to me, looking at scripture as the as a rubric or the standard that measures whether we please Christ or not, I think is maybe the wrong way to go about it. Uh, I think it's better to figure out who Jesus is and and how Jesus views scripture. Or, uh, sorry, views views sin and views us. Right? What is what is Jesus's opinion of us? right now already, right? Um, right? Sorry about the the noise. The noise, the noise, the noise, 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 noise. To quote the Grinch. Um, so here's, here's kind of what I think. Uh, I don't think there's really anything we need to do to please Jesus. I believe Jesus loves each and every one of us uh, with an unfathomable love already, okay? So Jesus loves me uh, no less uh, than he loved, um, I would even say that he loved his own father. Um, I know that's kind of hard to believe, but maybe that's not as far as I want to go. I have to think about that. But he loves me with a perfect love, right? Uh, a love that culminated in the cross. And so his cruciform love for me is, is, is complete. And it, it's all encompassing. And that love is offered to every, uh, every person, right? He loves everyone that much because he died for everyone. Uh, and so, to me, there's really nothing you can do 
good or bad, to either please or displease Jesus, uh, he and the Father are pleased to have us and pleased to know us and love us unconditionally and completely. I mean, that's isn't that the meaning of agape, right? Unconditional love, uh, or hesed in the, in the Old Testament, the steadfast love, right? The everlasting love of God. His love is his love endures forever, right? Um, and so, right off the bat, I would say the question has at least that flaw. Um, so, to rephrase the question now, um, it really changes the entire question, right? Of course, Jesus wants us to be part of the kingdom and wants us to be involved in the kingdom today. Um, but you're not going to earn his love. Okay, you already have it perfectly. Um, and so the question is now, can he, can he work in the kingdom? Can he join the brotherhood of believers uh, and still do these things? Okay. Um, I don't think you have to necessarily um, use the, the Bible as a rule book and, and use it to figure out who's in and who's out of the kingdom. Uh, Alright, so my opinion is you can't really use scripture um, in the way that we think because everybody's going to interpret that a little bit differently. But I think the best thing this guy can know is Jesus loves him. He will always love him and he has always loved him. Whether or not he decides to believe in him. Okay. Uh, the second thing. Uh, and we, this is something that came up around the table yesterday. When we talk about coming to know Jesus as our, um, as our creator, as our Lord, as our savior, as our brother, uh, there's even language, uh, coming to know God as our lover, right? Um, all of those things indicate relationship very close human relationship. Okay, I'm going to stop and readjust my helmet in the back real quick. Stay with me. Don't go away. So we're talking about relationships, right? And nobody should enter a relationship trying to figure out what the what the least is they have to do to enter this relationship, right? So it's kind of like uh, you know, a guy is dating a girl and and he he's he's contemplating marriage. And so he starts negotiating with the woman. She says, you know, all right. So he, he starts with the worst possible scenarios and then gives up more and more until she finally gives in to marry him. Uh, for example, you know, okay, can I, can I still go out 
uh, drinking and carousing with my friends three times a week. Uh, will you marry me even if I do that? Well, she says no. Okay. All right. That's off, right? Could I still maybe see my ex-girlfriend once in a while? Uh, say three times a year. <laughs> and she says no. No, you can't do that. All right. Mm, it's getting tough. Uh, okay. Will you marry me if if I uh, go out golfing every single weekend, rain or shine? Will you still marry me if I leave you one day a week? <laughs> so, you know, relationships are not meant to be bargained for. And if you're bargaining in a relationship, if you're bargaining to to uh, do the bare minimum to enter into a, a relationship with someone, what we realize is that you don't love them. You don't love them with a very perfect love, you know, at the very least. Uh, if you loved that person uh, completely, then you would realize, well, I can't live without them, and I'll give up everything to be with them. You know, I'll, I'll redefine my life around them just so that I can have him or her, right? Uh, and so to me, the fact that he's asking the question is proof that he's not really been given a very glorious revelation of Jesus. He doesn't really see Jesus for who he is yet. Because to see Jesus for who he is, uh, I think there might be two, two possible reactions. One is complete and utter submission to Jesus. Uh, because of the love we feel for the beautiful, beautiful God that he is. Uh, the other possible uh, reaction might be a reaction that, that comes from pride. You know, I don't care how good you are. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bow down to you. Uh, I'm not going to worship you. I'm not going to love you. Uh, because you can't make me can't make me do anything I don't want to do. I suppose somebody may have that reaction at some point. I can't imagine that being faced with the, the full glory of Christ that somebody would have that reaction but I suppose it's possible. Um, and so the, the fact that the guy is asking these questions um, shows that he really hasn't seen the value of knowing Jesus. Right, the value of knowing Jesus. He doesn't see, he hasn't fallen in love with Jesus yet. Um, to me, it's sort of like the parable of the treasure, the hidden treasure in the field, where uh, a man goes out and he finds a hidden treasure in the field, uh, and he wants that treasure so much that he sells everything he has, buys the field, and is, uh, in so doing gets the treasure, right? He gives up everything. Uh, and that's kind of how we need to love Jesus. You know, that's that's the that's the place we need to get to. We need to to be able to uh, drop everything, if need be, in order to get Jesus. So really, if if Jesus is of value, 
to you, if you see him for who he truly is, if you get a stunning revelation, as Frank Viola likes to call it, uh, a stunning revelation of Jesus, then what you're going to do is you're going to enter into that relationship and then just see where it leads. But you realize that that relationship is, is there's nothing there's nothing better. There's no relationship that would ever top that. There's nothing better you could do than to worship Jesus uh, and to love him and to receive his love. Uh, and so to me, maybe the starting point for this guy uh, who is really trying to bargain his way into the kingdom is going to be just to continue to, to reveal Jesus to him until Jesus becomes the treasure in the field, until he falls in love with Jesus so much that, that he's willing to give up everything. Now, personally, I, I don't believe that, that we have to give up everything, but I think we have to be willing to give up everything. It's sort of like uh, Abraham and Isaac. You know, God, God tells uh, Abraham to go, go into the mountains and, sacrifice Isaac, your son, uh, to me, to God, right? I don't think, I don't think God ever wanted Isaac to die. But what God wanted to know is, is does Abraham treasure his relationship with God above all else? Does he treasure his relationship with God above the promises of God because we know that God's promise uh, was coming through Isaac right the promise the covenant that God had made with Abraham was to go through Isaac and Isaac alone and so what God wanted Abraham to realize I think to know for himself is that yes indeed my relationship with God I treasure above all else. And if you can actually get to that point, then God can use you in amazing ways to further the kingdom and to bring his healing into this world. Which I think is the mission of the kingdom of God, to bring God's healing into the world. That's, that's what the kingdom is. The kingdom is sometimes found in churches and it's sometimes found in and individuals who don't go to church. It's sometimes found in people who don't even know Jesus, but who unwittingly, through perhaps the image that God has implanted of himself on all human beings, uh, or just uh, great parenting or whatever, who, who, who have a, a soft spot for the, for the broken uh, and the sick and the lonely, uh, who, who do these ministries to the kingdom. I suppose there are people that, that do an incredible job, incredible kingdom work in the world who don't even know Jesus yet. And I hope they do get to know Jesus yet. I think that would add an even greater dimension, obviously, to what they're doing in the world. Um, but, um, yeah, so to me, where, where he needs to start uh, is in revealing Jesus such a way uh, that Jesus becomes that treasure in the field, or that pearl of great price, uh, or that lost coin, 
lost sheep. Yeah, you know, we could we could even put ourselves in the in the the position of the shepherd who has lost one sheep and who leaves the ninety-nine to go after the one. And we're told that such as God is such a, such a, a shepherd, but I suppose that that could be a metaphor for us as well in seeking God and knowing knowing just how precious it is to know Jesus. That it supersedes all other needs and all other wants. Uh, so the questions are fine, though. I don't think God minds the questions. I don't think Jesus minds the questions. I'm glad He's asking these questions. Um, but perhaps Jesus will lead him to an even better question, uh, a question that that will lead to an even better answer. I think there are two ways that, that this, this guy could go at this point. Uh, so where I think he is, is he's probably seen some benefit in the Christian life, okay, in, in following at least the teachings of Jesus. He's probably seen some benefit there. Come on, dude, you can't play. But um, he doesn't quite love Jesus like the treasure in the field yet. So he could he could do one of two things, I think. Well, one of three things. He could reject it altogether. Uh, he, could, he could just believe because he doesn't know Jesus well yet that knowing Jesus is not is not worth at this time. It's not worth the sacrifice that it would take to know him. Uh, number two, he could go ahead and accept Christ and accept the life of a disciple and live into that and get to know Jesus better and better from the inside of living the Christian life. Uh, and he could allow Jesus to to instruct him on what he, he must give up or what he must uh, sacrifice in his life for Jesus, uh, just as Abraham had to make sacrifices. Uh, God wants us to know uh, Him as as uh, the most important uh, and the most precious uh, thing in our life. Really, to to live in Him and to live through Him and by Him. Um, so he could go ahead and accept Christ, knowing that he doesn't quite love Jesus as much as he should. And in living the Christian life and in expressing himself uh, in Christian discipline, prayer and in meditation and uh, in the sacraments, that he may one day glimpse the stunning Christ that I'm talking about. Um, and perhaps he'll keep doing some of these Buddhist things. But I believe that Jesus will work with, with us wherever we are. And with whatever we are willing to sacrifice, he will work with us. And the other way is he could just continue to learn about Jesus from the outside. from Not from joining the body, but, but continue to pursue knowledge of Jesus 
and perhaps he will be given this stunning revelation, even in that pursuit, uh, and then join join the church, join the join the, the kingdom, uh, join the body with that stunning revelation of Christ in hand. And I think in that way he would be an incredibly powerful mover and shaker in the kingdom. But you know, I think Jesus will, will work with with whatever whatever we you know whatever he can get from us. I think he loves us that much that that he's just going to you know say however you want to do this I'm I'm going to try to do this with you I'm going to walk with you through it uh, I've already died for you and I've already forgiven all your sins all the all the sins of the entire world and yours are included in that and so even if even if you decide to take me on uh, and yet you still hold on to something in your former life uh, I'm going to work with that and I'm going to teach you how to navigate through those things, little by little, in relationship with you, over time, over a lifetime of walking together. Um, I don't, I don't think that Jesus makes the demands that religion makes. this amazing love uh, 
not to love. Um, it's dependent upon free choice. Free choice is a vehicle or the vehicle uh, for true love to happen in the universe. Um, in other words, Jesus can love us fully and completely and perfectly. And yet we can choose not to accept him. five minutes to my destination. Um, glad to have this chance to record yet another episode for this week, and hopefully I can get David just to listen to this episode and get his uh, feedback, and maybe we'll have a follow-up as we refine the questions, maybe closer to what the original intent was. Um, but, but my my preliminary conclusion is Jesus will work with us in whatever way that we choose to pursue him. And in the trust that we put in him in the relationship, he will, the more we trust him in the relationship, the more he will transform us from the inside out to better reflect his perfect will in the world and in our own lives. Uh, and he'll work with whatever we, whatever we give him. So I would not want to put any obstacles in anyone's way